0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success.
1: And now today's podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, October 9th, 2020, and we're in the fourth quarter. Urgency reports are going to start trickling and then pouring in the next few weeks. And we'll get some uh, sense on some of the earnings. I think you're going to see a very uh, bifurcated type of earnings. Some industries like the airline and the hotel and restaurants are going to be looking really bad. Other industries looking really good. So I think it's going to be that kind of uh, result. So it's going to produce a lot of, you know, anxiety and a lot of volatility just the way it is. Okay. It's just the way it is. Um so over the next 2 weeks we'll see what's going to bring us what it'll bring us back in the 1960s there was a very popular hit song called what a difference a day makes and 24 little hours the singer was uh, a lady called Diana Washington back in 1959 so now we look at what uh, today look back a year ago what a, a what a year a different year it makes right i mean can you believe what the difference from a year ago to today it just, it just is amazing. Now, the song, the famous song, I don't know if you remember it. Some of you may have. Most of you, younger people. It talked about a lighter day due to a new romance. But in our current economic environment, the difference is not that great. I do think we're going to have a great next year. I do. I do. But it's going to take a while to get there. We are now less than a month away from election. Got yeah, a lot of political uncertainty. Mark a lot of different market dynamics, and of course, how can you not, uh, you know, talk about COVID nineteen, uh, the geopolitical tensions? Uh, you know, it's going to cause a lot more uncertainties. Just that's the way it's going to be. And uncertainty means volatility for us investors. Just got to learn to compensate. I'm Steve Peasley, and today on this program and podcast, I'm going to do my best to provide unbalanced and unbiased answers. To your financial investing questions, I know you want strategies. We all do, do we not? And you know that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you. I'm ready to take calls. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. So, how did the market do today? Well, it was up. We had a pretty good week this week. Up uh, one hundred sixty one on the Dow, one hundred fifty nine on the Nasdaq, which was very good, uh, and thirty points on the S P. So, it was pretty, pretty strong day, pretty strong week. Okay, but not we're still not above where we were you know, a month ago. So, still in that correction phase. When you get ready, we'll love to hear all your questions. This is a very busy podcast, so let's go ahead and get started with the first caller. Hey, Steve. This is Cole
2: in
3: Idaho. I just had a question regarding Warren Buffett in liquidating a lot of his financial sector and loading up on Bank of America ticker symbol BAC. I was wondering if you think if it's a good buy right now. Thanks. Love the show.
1: I, I think the banking sector has been really trashed. And I, I think if, if 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 the federal government's gonna spend another two trillion bucks on another package, I don't know how the banks can't be part of that in, in a rally because of it. I just don't. So I think the banks are gonna take off next year at some point. And Bank of America is a you know a huge two hundred nineteen billion dollar company, global holding company offering banking and non banking financial services in the U.S. So it all depends on COVID and the world coming back from the dire effects of COVID. And I think that's going to happen because I think we're going to have a, a vaccine. Now, if we don't, then I'm, I'm all wrong. But it, they're going to make a dollar sixty nine a share this year after making almost three dollars a share last year. And then they're $2.10 next year. That makes the stock about 11 or 12 PE. Okay, maybe 12, 20 to maybe 13 PE. And the range is 7 to 17. So it's not as cheap as you might think. It has to be the turnaround. So what you're going to do if you want to buy this stock, which I kind of like, I mean, it's got higher highs from the low back in March, but also lower highs, uh, so, high, I'm sorry, higher lows and lower highs So it's making a kind of a triangle pattern Going back at the beginning of the year And therefore it's going to break up or down at some point And it's getting close to that point And I think it's going to break up I really do um, It just might take a little while You are going to, might have to be patient While you're waiting, you're getting 2.8% dividend Which is not bad So I do kind of like Bank of America I do That's my opinion you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. In the long, hot summer of 2020, and boy, was it hot here in Southern California. It looks like it's over, but we might have another Santa Ana condition in a week or two. That's just the way it is. But there's still plenty of volatility in the stocks. That's what I can tell you. So, we all need to do a good job managing the risk and balancing and rebalancing our asset portfolios. That job requires information and strategies, effective strategies. You can do it. You can deal with the volatility, trust me, you can. So we should talk about this and your participation in the important part of the mix. You are, please give us a call, 888-99-CHARGE.
4: What a difference a year makes. You've got finance and investment questions and Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. Invest talk.
1: 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278 Let's talk to Brian of San Mateo and he wants to discuss Magellan Midstream Partners. Brian. Hey, yes I do Steve. I, I love the dividend, but I wanted
3: your take on it whether it's uh, sustainable or not.
1: Okay, it probably is, but let's look at some of the fundamentals. It's a $37 stock. They're going to make $3.72 a share this year, that's down about 20% from last year. But next year, they're going to bounce back up to $4.09, about 10% increase. So if they're making $4.09 a share, and it's a $37 stock, and their their current PE yield is 11, can they afford to pay it? Now, this is Magellan Midstream Partners, MLP, Master Limited Partners, which Master Limited Partnerships are known for paying dividends. That's what they do. And they're in the gaze of transportation, storage, distribution, and refining petroleum products in the U.S. So 10% of $37 a share is $3.70. They're going to make $4.90 or four oh nine. So, yeah, they can pay their dividend, but it takes most of the earnings. But it, it, it takes a majority of the cash flow, but the cash flow is much higher, $5.86. So the question is, will they continue to pay 11% on dividends? I don't know about that, but I still I think they'll still continue to pay a high dividend. So I don't think that the dividend, Brian, is in danger. I don't. But it may not be 11%. It could fall down to 9% next year. It depends. It depends on how much... You know, 'cause our sales are very erratic for them. If oil and natural gas prices rise, they'll have no problem. If they, keep, if they keep low or fall further, they'll have a big problem. It's that simple. Brian, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. On Fridays, I, I usually make a quick uh, rundown of our benchmark. I used to tell you about our benchmark numbers. The two-year treasury yield is 0.15. Ten-year treasury yield is 0.78. So that's gone up. So the spread between the 2 and 10 has increased, which is a healthy sign for stocks. Gold was priced at $1,923 an ounce. It looks like it's trying to make a little comeback here. So why is that? You know what I've talked about. I've talked about gold a lot It because the dollar is falling again. dollar was rising. Gold fell from 2000 down to, what, $1,700, $1,800. Now the dollar's falling again. Gold's starting to rise again. Oil, forty one dollars a barrel. Not too bad. That was the same as last week, but right? the national average for a gallon of regular gasoline, two dollars and eighteen cents. In California, it's three dollars and twenty cents. In Montana, the average price is two dollars and twenty-four cents. I keep in mind that a year ago, gasoline on a national average was two sixty-five. Remember, it's two sixteen now, or two hundred eighteen now, two hundred sixty-five a year. My focus point today concerns a story that features a call to action from a hedge fund manager. Remember, these hedge fund managers are supposed to be the smartest people on Wall Street, supposedly. Usually they're pretty smart, but being smart isn't all that's not the answer to be making a lot of money necessarily. So don't miss out on the generation opportunity in the market, he says. So we'll see. We'll see. And I, I don't disagree with him on this point that he's making, but we'll talk about it. I'll give you my perspective, that's for sure. Other topics I want to talk about. How about uh, uh, what's going to happen after Election Day between value and growth stocks? I think something dramatic could happen next year, and I'm going to base it I'm basing on history, so I'm going to give you a little history lesson. Did you see Google's YouTube? Google owns YouTube. Did you see what they're going to do? Uh, they're, they're going to use YouTube as a major shopping Destination. How are they going to do that? It's very interesting. We'll talk, about that. we'll talk about the stimulus talks that seem to be on or off or on off 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 or on. I don't know. What are they? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But we'll talk about that. If time permits. Let's talk to Lucy in New York. Lucy.
2: Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I'm inquiring about uh, ticker QDEL for uh, Crudel. It's been on a bit of an upward climb recently, and I'm just wondering if you agree that there's still support at the current market price. And I'm also wondering um, your opinion on when a company has a positive earnings report, does that usually push the market price up before the announcement or
1: afterwards? Usually it happens before. There's an old saying called, um, Buy the rumor, sell the news. Have you ever heard that saying before? You no. See? Yeah. So what happens, the old saying is based on you buy the rumor that they're going to have really good earnings or really good sales, and you buy the stock, it runs up. And then when they actually came out, come out with those really good numbers, the stock tends to sell off on a short term basis. It's very, oh. it's very, very common, so just be prepared for it. It's not like it's a big deal. You just you just have to know that that's what's happening, and and that's so buy the rumors, sell the news. Uh, okay, on QDEL Magellan uh, Q Q D E. Hold up, bear with me. Q D E. Okay, yeah, it's coming up against resistance at about 300, a little over 300. It's at 278 right now, the stock price. QDEL Corporation uh, develops rapid diagnostic tests for infectious disease, women's health, and uh, gastrointestinal diseases. I really like that this is in, uh, Lucy. I, I really like this area because it's a very strong growth area. And uh, they're making a ton of money. For instance, 2019, uh, two, 2019 made $2.97, which wasn't too bad. This year, they're going to make $15.46 a share. That's 421% increase. Next year, $26.46 a share. That means the PE of the stock, looking forward, is only like 12. That's still cheap. That's still cheap, even though the stock is $278 a share. Sales growth on the most recent quarter up eighty six percent. I think it's still a reasonable buy. I do. So um I I wouldn't be fearful it's coming up against resistance around three hundred. You could wait to see if you get another pullback into and maybe the two oh it looks like about two hundred forty or so. But if it breaks above excuse me. If it breaks above three hundred, you just gotta be in the stock. Okay, Luz? Lucy, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. On the Nest Invest talk, what is driving the historic demand for life science REITs, REITs? Life sciences REITs, real estate investment Trust. Okay, venture capital investment in the life sciences sector grew to a record rolling annual total of seventeen point eight billion in the second quarter. Putting a lot of money in these things. That story is going to be Monday. For now, I'm Steve Peasling. I'm ready to take your question live. Eight eight eight. 99 chart now
0: is a good time to call invest talk
3: i had a question on my 401k
0: we're here for you what's your question 888 99 chart is how to reach steve right now on invest talk
4: it's an invest talk friday Steve Peasley is on duty and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. InvestTalk. 888 99 chart 888
1: 992 4278 This money manager, this hedge fund manager, believes there's a huge, a huge generational opportunity coming up in the stock market. So what is that? What is he talking about? Okay, uh, his name is Thomas Hayes of the Gray Hill Capital. It's a hedge fund, uh, and he—they—they uh, they were talking. There, he was being there was question answer period, and he was asked during this time of volatility and uncertainty, especially with the pandemic going on, is uh, it created any market opportunities? And he said, yes, and he, in fact, he is being very aggressive about it. But he says it's not going to come in the big tech names, not in the expensive part of the market. Now, that ties into the other talking point I'm going to discuss and about value stocks. So he is kind of hinting that the value stocks are finally going to take over from the growth stocks. Problem is, we've been saying that for several years and it hasn't happened, hasn't happened. He thinks industrials, materials, transports, and financials are going to outperform technology going forward. Think about that. He's telling you, he's getting out of what is called the crowded trade of the big fang stocks. He's getting out of those. Not, I don't want to say he's getting out. He's cutting them way back. He's cutting them and taking that money and throw it into industrial, materials, transports, and financials. That's his opinion. Is he going to be right? I don't know. You know, these guys, I don't don't go by experts. I go by my own work. And I happen, it happens to agree with his work that I do think the value side of the market is going to start dominating the growth side of the market. And it's just way overdue for that to happen. I don't, I'm not, there's no crystal ball or anything It's just that the value stocks are are very undervalued. Growth stocks are very overvalued. And they're the ones that have been driving the indexes, leaving those value stocks behind. And I'm just saying, historically, that switches positions. And when it does, it could be very fast. So be aware. Uh, And I'm not saying get out of your fang stocks. I'm not. I'm getting out of the ones I have. But I am saying, you know, New money, don't put them into those kind of positions. I mean, it's hard for me not to buy a company that pays a huge dividend, even though no one really likes it. No one likes the oil industry. And there's companies that, that, you know, a huge dividend. Why would you not just for the dividend? Anyways, just my my opinion on it. Okay, uh, let's see. So on the next InvestTalk, what's driving the demand life sciences? We're going to talk about that on Monday. And as you know, we have InvestTalk listeners all over America, and consequently, we get calls from every state. Here's one that came in from Massachusetts.
3: Hi, this is Chris from Massachusetts. How's it going today? Uh, Many times when callers call in with potential stock picks, um, you guys tend to like the stock, um, but a lot of times you'll say, you know, maybe wait for a pullback. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on selling puts at the kind of price that you desire to get in at. Um, that way you potentially um, might get kind of paid to wait for it to hit that price, and then if it does, you're happy anyway. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Again, thank you very much. Bye-bye.
1: Well, there's certainly nothing wrong with that strategy. You know, uh, for most people, they don't know what how to trade or what to do and how options work and all those things, so we don't really talk about that. But I do like the strategy. If it's a stock that you want to buy, you can do that. Even though you you know who knows where it's going to go, I just think that when we talk about wait for a pullback, that it just makes more sense that to us not to chase performance or wait till the market gives us a little correction or what for whatever reason. So there's nothing wrong with that strategy, nothing. But for everybody else, you have to learn how to trade options before, and that means first you got to learn how to trade trade and own stocks, how to value them, how to determine what their fair price is, all those kinds of things. And that takes time. It takes time. So as I say, I think after the election, value should crush growth stocks. Why? Look at history. Since 1980, six months after every election, presidential election, six months later, value stocks were up 6.6%. Growth stocks were up 3.1% follow that says 1980 after the election this is why i think value is going to outperform growth next year value as uh, 6 months later value is up 6.6% growth is up 3.1% so value stocks should take over now that ties in with the, the 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 issue we were talking about with the with the fund manager he thinks he's going to see a switch from the growth names to more fundamental names. See, we'll see. There's at least one thing that we can say about serious investors. They are all working to achieve financial freedom, right? This means we're all trying to increase our net worth. Okay, total value of assets they own, minus any liabilities or debts. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What is the average net worth of American families And looking at the data by location, which group has a higher net worth? People that live in urban settings or rural areas? I'll have the answers after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open and I encourage you to invest talk questions now. 888-99-CHARTS.
2: Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own.
4: the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
1: Okay, before the break, we have a little trivia question. What is the average net worth of American uh, of American? My screen just went scrolling down on. Me. Okay, I hear, uh, Okay, what is the average net worth of American families? And looking at the data by location, which group has a higher net worth? People that live in urban areas or settings or residential, of uh, residents of rural, urban versus rural, rural. Who has more money? Here's the answer. According to the latest aggregated data from the Federal Reserve, the average net worth of American families is $102,700. Keep in mind this data is from 2016. It's old, so it's probably higher, but that's what it is. While the average net worth may be $102,000, the median, the midpoint midpoint net worth tells a very different story. The typical American family has a median net worth of $52,700. Not a lot. The median or middle value is a set of numbers is less sensitive to outliers. So outliers. So it may be a more, you know, accurate representation. Okay. So location. What about location? Where who makes who has a higher value? Urban people or rural people? People live in in urban areas. Win the contest. Their average is seven hundred fifty-one thousand three hundred dollars. With a median net worth of ninety-nine thousand, almost double. People living in rural areas had an average net worth of two hundred sixty-seven, two hundred seventy-six thousand dollars, with a median net worth of eighty-seven thousand. Now, what make what's causing this difference? Real estate, real estate values, they're usually much higher in cities. Okay, by age group, according to the Federal Reserve, remember this is two thousand sixteen. Americans under the age 35 had a medium net worth of $11,000 under the age of 35. Americans of averaging 55 to 64, they have 187000 So where do you stand? So 30, from 35 to age 60, the average median net worth increases by a factor of 16. Those are your primary earning years, age 35 Okay, let's keep things moving. Here comes another InvestTalk caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hi there. This is Noah in Orlando.
3: I had a question about the overall position of two sectors, the financial and the semiconductor sectors. I kind of wanted to get your take on where you see them in their respective financial cycles and whether or not it is a good time to add on to an existing position that I have in two ETFs related to both of them. The ETFs are PSI and IYG. So I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. Okay. Well, we've kind of been talking about that all the show and that would be because one is semiconductor and one's in the financial sector. I'd add to the financial sector because I wouldn't add to more semiconductors because that's, that's, take a look at the charts. It's already made a huge run and you're chasing the, chasing it. I, as I said before, I don't necessarily mean to get, I would not get out of them because a the may run may continue, but the financial sector has more opportunity, but it may take a while for you to realize the gains. I, I just think for myself, and I haven't even discussed this with Justin in recent times. I have not. Probably would do that on Monday. Uh, For myself, I think banking, there's going to be some opportunities there. You can take some. And semiconductor, we're not investing those, right? Doesn't mean we don't have them, but we don't have very much, right? That's my opinion. The KPP Premium Newsletter was attributed to subscribers today, and it is packed with helpful information and insight. So in the market conditions sections, I explained this week, stocks did well and pulled all the indexes up. Things were still below, they, these were, they were still below the recent highs made in September, but it's a pretty good sign that the market is shrugging off the election worries and a little bit optimistic about the future, especially concerning the battle with COVID-19. There were a few economic reports this week. The weekly jobless claims came in and they fell less than expected. There's a, There are jobs to be had out there, everybody. But COVID between the COVID restrictions, and the lack of certain skills, the job marketplace is having trouble filling those open jobs. So stay with the market. Whoever wins the presidential election will push for a large spending package that will provide trillions of dollars again. It's going to be a big push. Okay, uh, that was my main section of that newsletter. The second section is portfolio management. I talked about the fourth quarter and expecting choppiness and, and the kinds of things that the election year will bring. Uh, talk about realizing tax gains and losses. You know, we're coming up on that time, so it's, you know, it's not important yet, but it's starting time to think about it. Uh, so our economy has grown grown over the years. There's little, you know. There's a lot of complexities going on. Anyways, I explain a lot more in the newsletter. I really do. Stock ideas, uh, integrated oil and gas company, big one, the largest. I also highlighted the world's largest operating fully integrated resort company, big one, that has been beaten up and. You know, I, I kind of like certain areas. If think about, if, let's say we get a like a vaccine, everybody. Let's say, and we get uh, we get better and better uh, treatments, which you know we are. We see it on the news. So what if COVID stops becoming the the first thing you see on news, and everybody starts to stop worrying about? They start to stop worrying about what industries are going to benefit the most this is what you got to look forward who should you be looking at now cuz once once people stop talking about covid and the vaccine is out there and people are taking it's going to fall off the top line of the news cycle very fast and people are, investors are going to be looking around well gee okay it looks like the trillions of dollar the new package is coming and where's that money going to go what sectors are going to work uh, what sectors are going to benefit from you know a lack of fear of COVID. Now, I'm not. It's going to take time. I'm not saying it's going to all of a sudden happen, but you got to think ahead, really. Okay. I also on the consumer watch. I talked about Halloween coming up. Oh, well, Halloween. <laughs> so I offered some guidelines for your neighborhood trick or treaters. You know, stay at home. Uh, uh, trick or treat with people you know, your own household. Remain six feet apart from people that are not in your household. Wear a mask covering your mouth and nose just like everybody's supposed to because you're going to be visiting a lot of new people. And bring sanitizer with you. Also talked about what you should do if you're handing out candy. What should you do? in there? So hopefully there's a lot of valuable information people could use. I hope so. You can just easily subscribe directly through InvestTalk.com and after subscribing, you will receive the full report each Friday directly to your inbox. If this information raises any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out and just to Justin or myself at KPP Financial and call our Irvine office in California. Or send us a message through InvestTalk.com and email. We'll, we'll respond. Okay, let's get back to the investor. Let's get back to the Voice Bank. This call came in earlier, 888-99-CHART.
3: Hi, Stephen Justin. Uh, my question today is about Square, ticker symbol SQ. I uh, bought it several, several years ago, and my uh, entry price was $20.39, and obviously over the years, it's it's grown quite significantly. I bought a couple of blocks of it. And so my question is, as the this holding has started to increase in um, uh, as a percentage of my total portfolio, I've been taking some profits, but at the same time, I I don't want to take too many profits because I think this has potential and room, room for growth. So in terms of this particular holding and maybe more of a general question, too, is what's an optimal, I guess, cutoff point or where do you stop taking profits? Do you always take profits to maintain a three to five percent position in your portfolio? Is that your, your rule of thumb or do you have some high flyers like Square, for example, uh, in my portfolio where I've taken a, a lot of profits already from it and I just want to keep a number of positions? Just uh, wanted to ask that general question. If you wouldn't mind answering on the next podcast, I'd appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Okay, so our our normal buy is about 3% of our portfolio if we're buying a stock. And when it gets to about 10%, we start cutting it back. Okay, uh, do we cut it back to 3%? No, not necessarily. Depends on how uh, how, we, how optimistic we are about the future. So we may only cut it 3%, go back down to maybe 7%. Uh, and, and hopefully it runs back up. If we think that it's running out of steam, but we still like it. We'll cut it down, cut it in half, uh, and you know it depends. It's not. There's no one right answer. I wish there was. Uh, there is a there is an argument to stay focused on your winners, and that's a hedge fund argument. You know they 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 take huge risk on narrow on a narrow sector of individual stocks. And when they're wrong, they are big wrong. When they're right, they are big right. Why did they do that? Because hedge funds not only take a a quarterly fee, but they also take 20% of the profits. So their focus is to make huge gains to get that 20%. And if they lose a lot of money, a lot of clients lose a lot of clients' money one year, they don't care. Even if they shut down the hedge fund, you lost your money. They don't care. Because they're after the big bucks, big move. Square is a great company. Uh, you know, it's a- innovated out there. If you guys never don't hear about it, provides point of sale software to manage receipts, inventory, sales, reports, analytics. You know, and they they're a f- big fame to claim as you you know slide your credit card through it and just put a little device and on your plugged into your phone and there you go. You you collect money though from Sales, it's very easy, so and they and they're move, they have expanded into other areas, It's very overpriced because their sales growth is huge 60 40 to 60 percent. Of core. so here is a $187 stock, they're only gonna make a dollar 19 next year. Of course, that's over well over 100 percent the money they made, they're gonna make this year. See, so that's why, okay. I see Peasley you're listening to invest talk and as you might assume the greatest number of our listeners are here in the United States okay uh, however it is interesting to note that we attract audiences from all over the world for example during April this year we had nine downloads from Cambodia uh, interesting but more recently during September we tracked invest talk uh, 1215 downloads from Germany 202 just from the Czech Republic. Mexico, we had uh, 104. Greece, we had 69. Egypt, nine. And, you know, so it's it's just kind of spreading. I don't know why, but it's great. Justin and I thank everybody for downloading Talk. We do appreciate it. And we also thank you for telling your friends and family about it. You know, uh, it's free, everything is free. All those podcasts, all those shows, everything's free. So please keep those calls and questions and emails coming. Appreciate it. And of course, you are welcome to call our KPP Financial Office of Irvine, California. We do money, manage money for people. That's our main business model. We will help you. We want to help you. You know, we don't manage your money. Give us a call or send us an email. 888 99 the chart is our number. You can call us right now.
4: This is Invest Talk. Good news Steve and Justin have recorded another rapid fire hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com For the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial.
1: Okay, you know, have you seen this article? It came out today, I think. Maybe yesterday. Sure. Google owns YouTube. You know that Google owns YouTube. So Google has a plan to make YouTube a major shopping destination, YouTube. Now, first you think about it and go, huh, YouTube, you watch videos, right? I mean, that's what you go to YouTube, you watch videos. Okay, what if everything you saw on that YouTube, every product, every everything you saw on that YouTube has a tag that you could click on and you could buy it? That's their idea. So if you're watching a YouTube uh do it-yourself or who's hanging I don't know uh, windows or hanging or, or putting up putting together a patio or YouTube on fixing a car YouTube on anything any subject YouTube on investing and you see the guy using some software you move your mouse click on it and all of a sudden you're brought you could buy that item that you're watching that's their concept I think it's going to work. And I think it's going to be big. I really do. This, and they're not, you don't buy it through Amazon. You buy it through YouTube. They're going to to compete with Amazon. What do you think of that idea? I kind of like it. First of all, I like the Amazon having a competitor. I really do. But I like the concept. This is Invest Talk. I'm C. Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody. Always the same goal. That is to achieve financial freedom for everybody. Everybody listening to this program, I want you to be wealthy. And the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in 888 99 Chart.
4: Listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday. The weekend is almost here. And Steve Peasley is on duty now taking your finance and investment questions live. Call Invest Talk 888
3: 99 Chart. Hi, Steve. I uh, had a question for you about a small cap REIT that I'm interested in potentially getting for a long term hold. It is Innovative Industrial Properties, Inc. IIP is the symbol. Uh, looks like it's had a good run over the past year um, with some growth potential. Wanted to see what you thought about it as a long-term hold and wanted to see what you thought about its current price. Thank you very much. Bye.
1: Okay. In an innovative industrial property, I, uh REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, target, do you know what, method, remember what that means? If you're a REIT, you have to pay 90% of your earnings out in the form of a dividend to qualify a REIT. And if you qualify for a REIT, it's got to be in property area somewhere. And if you qualify, then you don't have to pay income. St- you don't have to be corporate income tax. You don't. So this is a REIT that targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. But then the, modern, uh, the, the marijuana business, growing the plant. Okay? So, you're tied to that industry and how well that industry does. And so far it's doing pretty darn well and growing. So so is this company. Their sales grew 182% last quarter, grew 210% the quarter before that. Huge growth, but but it's still the sales are still small. Last quarter there were $24 million for the whole quarter. Okay. The company is a $2.8 billion company. They're going to make $4.99 this year after making $3.17 last year. Next year, they're supposed to make $7.49. $131 stock, new 52 week high. So you ride this. It's right. You ride it as long as you can. You ride it. Remember, this is a, it's a, it's a REIT. It's designed to throw off income. The payout ratio last year, I mean, the payout was 3.2%. Well, if they're going to pay 90% of $7.40, so it's over $6, right? Well, $6 on 131 base is what? Uh, 4.5% yield? 5? But you're growing real fast at the same time. So, you know, you ride the ride. As long as you are. It's an upward trend. It's staying in an upward trend. New 52-week high. Who knows where it's going to go? Is it overpriced? Yes. But it's also growing very fast. Pay your money and take your chances. Okay. Okay, we know that our government has been talking, the executive branch talking to Congress about a stimulus package. And both parties want one but they don't seem to agree on how the money should be spent, how big the money should be spent, where it should be spent. And, of course, that is true with every time the two separate different parties discuss anything. Usually you hope for a compromise somewhere in there because that's what our government is all about, compromise and come to an agreement. But, we, you know, the president cut off all talks, okay, but then I read that there's still discussions and he offered more money. <laughs> so so I, I, I've i said this before. I It's, it's a month or so. starting about a month or so ago. I said, I don't think there's going to be any agreement on a stimulus package before the election, and I still don't think so. I think after the election, you're going to clearly have a stimulus package because neither party wants to give the other party credit for anything not during an election period. Just the way our system works, everybody. So we have to grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. So that's, you know, I could be surprised. It, it can happen. I mean, it would be smart to happen sooner than later because people are suffering. And, you know, until we get our hands around this COVID thing and let everybody get back to work. I mean, I'm talking about movie theaters. I'm talking about restaurants and hotels and vacation spots and, and you know, uh, airplane business, uh, airlines. All those people are not going to do anything, not going to do anything, until they're not going to, the business is not going to recover until we have an answer for COVID. So they need help before that answer. I'm Steve Peas, this completes another top program. I'll return next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived podcasts. You can download them for free. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. And remember, we also stream the program live each weekday at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time at InvestTalk.com. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a great weekend.